And thank you so much for joining us again. It is the Nightly Pleasures Podcast. It is season three, episode number eight. I am your host and an author of one of the pieces you're going to hear today, The Grey Knight. You can call me Jack. I laughed a little bit in the intro there because I actually did one. You never know with this podcast. Sometimes I, I play it official. Sometimes I don't. This is uh, This is what happens when a guy just kind of starts recording himself doing erotica. I hope you're all having an amazing time. I, uh, I'm i really having a great time with this season. It's funny being a perfectionist and being a bit cynical and then talking about your best work, especially since I've done it several times before. But goodness, I've been getting some really great reviews lately, a lot of encouraging DMs and what have you. And well, thank you, because I also think that I'm really putting my shoulder into it whether it's the podcast, whether it's anything else, I, I, I'm i feeling good. Are you? Good. I'm quite glad. Guys, I just don't have much of an update. <laughs> You're supposed to put something at the beginning here every time, but I don't have a story. I don't have anything to tell you. Uh, you should definitely consider becoming a patron. Patreon dash, ah, patreon.com backslash the gray knight. You can find more there. You can send me more DMs and more fantasies. Uh, I'm on the Tumblr. I'm blogging a fair bit. I think that's the stuff that you say, right? Come support me. Oh, Twitter at real gray knight. R E A L G R E Y K N I G H T. And uh, I'm flirting there and, and talking there quite a bit more often because you guys are flirting with me and talking with me there more often. Okay, so that's the introduction. I'm very excited to get into this because for the first time ever, there is an erotic podcast crossover. It's very exciting. If you've only listened to this one, you might not know this. There are other erotic podcasts out there. And in fact, this one comes from Nobilis. Here's the blurb, and I think it reads for itself. This is the best erotic audio fiction anthology podcast in the known universe. No, Billis Erotica presents erotic fantasy and science fiction shorts every month, and has featured stories by Celicia Tan, Shanna Germain, and N.K. Jesmissen. This, that we're going to hear right now, this is an excerpt from 437. It's called The Bell House Invitation. It's written by M. Christian and narrated by Michael Robbins. I hope you enjoy. Hi there. I am Nobilis Reed, the creator and host of the Nobilis Erotica podcast, and I'd like you to listen to my show. Uh, just me telling you that might not be very convincing, so I got a few of my friends to record some reasons why you should listen to the Nobilis Erotica podcast. I just can't listen to it because the other toll booth operators think I'm getting turned on by sweaty quarters and truck exhaust. Oh, okay, okay. I'm clearly, um, not getting... Nobilis Erotica is really good, but I just can't listen to it because when I do... I get a tingly sensation in my loins, and I work in the morgue, and that's just wrong. All right, then. Fine. The Nobilis Erotica Podcast. Not safe for work, even in headphones. Find all the information about subscribing at nobilis.libsyn.com. The Bell House Invitation 
I had a low-level subscription to CivicNet through Bert's municipal contract work, so I also had access to the neighborhood watches. Even with their decades-old black-and-white photosensitive silicon eyes and blurry still images, I could see it was her. She was right on time, walking slowly down Ashbury, scanning first down one side, then the other of the narrow tree-lined street. Her face gleamed from her pocket pal's brilliant glow as she tried to access the hate community database. She'd never find my address. It was unlisted. The firebombing last summer had cost me not only a patch of juniper on my front steps, it had also taken away my faith in community security. But I wanted her. I needed her to find me. Even with four minds and a million gig memory, it's still surprising how often you forget where you put the car keys. I, we, should have thought that she'd never find our address on her own. So, with a flash of crimson embarrassment on Eve's face, she was the best at that. I reached out, not even a stretch, to the local net and into her pal. Mail changed the intensity of the light playing on her face, my abashed admission of forgetfulness making her lovely face smile, obvious on the low-resolution neighborhood eyes. Welcome, welcome. Come on in, I said with Larry as he opened the front door. Here, let me take your coat. Thanks for showing me the way, Sarah said pulling herself out of her Kelvex armor jacket and handing it to Larry, who deftly hung it on a curled brass hook in the hall. I used Larry to give a little laugh, for he was good at such things. So much for strength or smarts and numbers. Larry was a warm sort, fireplace kind of man, professionally jolly, salt and pepper beard, long gray hair from a butter-basted high forehead. I resisted the urge to have him wear a tweed coat and smoke a pipe while in the house, aside from being a cliché, which Eve wouldn't have liked. Larry didn't smoke and thought tweed was just too damn itchy. Can I get you something to drink? We've got a complete medical pharma machine. Name your poison, I said, using Lorraine as Sarah stepped into the living room. Lorraine's smile was good, maybe not as good as Larry's, but still warm and inviting, or so I earnestly hoped. Maybe a dash of tryphophase in an espresso, Sarah said, returning the smile as her eyes took in the front room. Woman after my own heart, I said with Lorraine, turning her towards the Krupp's distiller and dedicating her hands to the drink preparation subroutines. Something to get the juices going with that little something extra to make it hard to forget. When I noted Sarah staring, shocked momentarily at the sight of Lorraine's hands, moving butterflies swiftly, precisely on their own through a ritual preparation of the drink while Lorraine was turned completely away. I quickly turned Lorraine back to stare at her dancing fingers, even though the hands were quite capable of doing the job without her direct supervision. Takes a bit to get used to, doesn't it? I said through Larry, as I walked him around the sofa to stand next to Sarah. This is going to sound even stranger, but even I find it amazing sometimes. You're right. Sarah said, smiling again. It does. I mean, I've done some experimenting, but still. Time to bring in Eve. Reaching out, I brought her in. Smiles weren't Eve's forte, but I still coaxed one onto her thin face. It's kind of like lucid dreaming in a way, I had her say. When you suddenly have that, hey, I'm dreaming feeling. Otherwise, it feels like I have eight hands 
eight eyes, eight feet. Not to mention four breasts and two dicks, I said with Larry as he took a seat in one of the Eames chairs. It's kind of like this place. Four different tastes combining to make one room. Larry here, I touched my soft hand to my chest, likes fireplaces and hardwood floors. Warm Pacific Northwest. Lorraine likes austere high tech. For Eve, it's Chinese antiques. And Bert likes coffee tables and comfy sofas. Combine all that and you get this room. Fused. We're like that, all of us, together, forming one complete personality. I could see Sarah scanning the room, the great red brick fireplace dominating one corner, the glowing floor of immaculately buffed oak boards surrounding the great oval wool rug, like a molten gold moat, the red coral Chinese cabinets, and the simple, precise forms of the Ames furniture. I could see Sarah with Larry's eyes, Eve's eyes and the hundred or so censers hidden in the exposed beams between the bricks of that fireplace. And even in the substance of the chairs, a rise of blood pressure, a slightly higher heart rate, pupils wide and fascinated. She understood. It scared her, but she understood. I've done some experimenting, of course, at the university, but nothing this elaborate. Bert's told you, of course. Bert was in the office trying to fix that stubborn biometric reader. The moment I grasped her mood, I brought him in, reaching into my memories for a familiar gesture. Even though his hands were perfectly clean, I walked him in, wiping his great worker's hands with a crazy-colored kitchen towel. You're being too modest. You've done some pretty adventurous experimenting, Sarah. You wouldn't be here otherwise, I said with his lips, walking him in and giving her a big hug. But you wanted to try more, right? She nodded suddenly shy. Lorraine's memories of her years dealing with addicts and their reactions almost made me laugh at Sarah's obvious body language. Instead, I put one of Bert's big hands on her shoulder, leaned forward, and kissed her on the cheek. Bert's memories tumbled through me, sunlight on her smooth white back as she stretched out on a hotel bed, her breath on his neck, the delightful curve of hip to leg, a dark triangle of curls her faint, almost there, almost not aroma of desire, the way her areolas swelled from smooth coins on nicely firm breasts to brown cones. I had eight arms, eight legs, and four heads. I was one gay man, one bisexual woman, one straight man, and one straight woman. The feelings roared through our entirety. Lorraine's cunt twanged, a deep bass string pluck of desire. Larry was hard, his modest dick, a sudden insistent erection. Eve's nipples, always her first sign of desire, ached in her bra, and Bert's cock started to throb. I dropped through levels of emotional complexity, diving down to base physiology. My heart rates, my pupil dilations, my hormone surges were as easy to control as one of my legs or arms. That's why we're here. You're interested, and I might be open to having a new participant, I said with Larry, as I moved Bert back to the couch, sat him down. Sarah sat down, close, but not too close. It's a little confusing, but I am interested. The tests I did at the university showed that I like the feeling that we are more than just ourselves, that we're able to share other people's minds, memories, and experiences. 
When Bert mentioned he was part of one and said that you might be willing to take on a new member, I just had to at least talk to all of you. Well, I said, moving Eve into the room, sitting her down on the brick hearth. That's one thing that's great about being unified. You are talking to all of us at once. I mean, outside this house, we're individuals, but here in Bell House, we're fused. We are our Strasfield Limited Personality Index, a pocket collective, I said with Lorraine as she handed Sarah her drink. We're Bert and everything Bert is, but we're also Eve, Larry, and Lorraine. This once with company I let go. I let all of myself smile together in a wide, broad joke, an identical smile on four wildly dissimilar faces. I don't call myself B-E-L-L for nothing. Sarah smiled as well, and Bert's memories of her laugh, her eyes heavily lidded after orgasm, all his memories of times with her, his visions of her flickered through our minds, my mind. I bat in the hatches again, tripping a sequence of memory blocks and sensory cutouts. I came back to present consciousness, an electronic, limbic reminder of what I was trying to do. Sarah was exceptional. Her mnemonic index was off the scale, her integration threshold a miracle to behold, her sensory feedback ranged the envy of all of us. It was lust, but lust of a different kind, the lust of the bell house for a new glorious member, a finely turned limb. I liked that feeling, that sense of thoroughness, belonging, really understanding someone else, Sarah said, gently blowing on her drink. She took a sip without changing her expression. I was frightened, but after the first few times I was more frightened of what other people were starting to say about me, the worried looks they gave me, than of anything I felt when I was linked. My mother, she tried to get me out of the program, called the department head to get me out of the experimental group. I remember not being angry. I stared at the phone as she yelled at me and didn't get angry. I just wanted to bring her there to the lab, hook her up, make her see the world through my eyes for once, have her meet the person that she and I would be if we were linked together, to make her understand how it feels. Believe me, us, I know, I said with Lorraine's deep tones, a brace around our minds, the McKellen restrictions kept my internal connections at frustrating levels. It had the crude feeling of federal software something iron, heavy, and legislative. The restrictions kept me from getting too smart, from spreading out beyond the walls of the house. I felt a half-formed revelation that just wouldn't come, an inspiration that wouldn't complete its birth. You feel how good linking is, how it combines and amplifies, how it unblinkingly shows us someone else's mind and shows them ours. You know it's good. You want to share it, but then the voice starts the one that echoes what they say about it. Is it me or is the desire speaking? I finished with Larry's gravelly voice. I put out one of Bert's hands, comfortable with his memories of how to touch her, and rested it on her thigh. But it is good. You know a little of how it feels. Just imagine. I don't have the words. How do you describe a color you haven't seen, a taste you've never sampled? Bert knows you've only tried one or two, but I am four. We are four unique minds linked, combined, a gestalt, I said. We are more than just four, Sarah. 
We're eight, sixteen. Oh, the thoughts. And the work, I added with Eve, keeping the smile on her narrow face. Larry can't play the piano, but now he knows the black keys from the white. Lorraine didn't know the joy of watching a painting emerge from a black canvas, but now she does, because I, we, all know each other intimately. Larry, my excited laugh slipping into his words, you know, we've even been approached to do some data merging with the Deutschland Consciousness Bank. Can you imagine? The greatest series of unified personalities in the world. A thousand of the most brilliant minds on the planet all linked, all focused into one will, one personality. They haven't extended an invitation for years, but just the other day they tentatively extended an invitation to participate in a logarithmic exchange, a higher brain function kiss. With us, only a kiss, but one with the magnificent multiplication of human consciousness, a legendary gestalt, a faceted expression of will, God. Too many words, ideas that only come close to what merely touching the German bond would be like for me. The best thing, though, was something else I felt in that offer, and even that wasn't precise. Overpowering lust. Eve's vision center which had a better pattern recognition gradient than the others, caught the barely perceptible flicker around Sarah's eyes. A shudder of hesitation. Lorraine's voice was the most soothing, so I used it. But frankly, I have to be careful. The bond is perhaps the greatest fusion of intellects the world has ever produced. Their offering to sync with them is tremendous, so I have to be very selective, very careful in my choices of who to merge with us. I can't just accept anyone with cortical implants and full integration personality suites. I need to accept someone who will add to us, who will combine with us in a perfect, harmonious way. I don't need a body, Sarah. I need the perfect person to lift us, elevate us to become something, someone worthy of the bond. Where did that come from? In a moment too fast for her to notice, but immeasurably long for me, I looked down into ourselves and all my components. Sarah was perfect, ideal. When Bert had brought his memories of her to me, I shared his desire among our minds. But then when her tests came back, when I saw all that Sarah was, I knew that I had to have her. I had to touch her, to bring her into me. Her sync ratio was off the scale, her personality well-formed and complete, her fear index flexible, and easily controlled by a formidable analytical predisposition. She wasn't the bond. Didn't have the glorious illumination of that collective of intellects, but she did have something I couldn't ignore, couldn't forget, just had to have. She was the key that could bring me to them. She was what could make me worthy of a merge with them. My desire was hungry and relentless, but I also felt weakness that was what I saw when I looked inside into Bert, Eve, Lorraine, and Larry. There was a deep hole in the comfortable scope of their personalities, their merged and combined wills. Like probing a missing tooth, I dipped down into the hole and saw the little pains and fears I had. Individually, they were barely worth noticing, but merged. The little holes formed a pit with a crying child at the bottom. The lie was that child's self-absorbed voice. That needy child spoke through Bert's voice. You understand I can accept only the very best if we're to become something truly wonderful. 
I can't afford to combine with anything less than perfect. Bert knew just the right series of words, the right tone of voice to pull that lie together. Lorraine's eyes watched, meticulously gauging Sarah's reaction. The sensors built into the house that linked me together reported her physiological changes, body temperature, up 0.013 degrees, carbon dioxide output down by 0.06%, her heart rate accelerated by 22%. But it was Lorraine's dark eyes that saw her pupils dilate, and her hands clenched ever so slightly. I put Bert's hand on her thigh, knowing that a comfortable gesture at this point would swing her over. She looked up into Bert's eyes, and even though his perceptual index wasn't as good as Lorraine's, I could still see the change in her face. I want this. I really want this, she said. I've never wanted anything more. I might not be the perfect person, but I think I can bring something good and special to all of you. There were tears lurking in the corners of her eyes, hovering heavy with each word. Without the words of the screaming child that hid down deep in me, she could have turned away. She could have kissed me goodbye and walked out. She could have hesitated, could have said no, but she hadn't. The needy child part of me giggled with delight. The bond was so much closer. All it would take would be a word, and she would become part of me. And as a part of me, I, we, would take a step closer towards the ultimate delight of merging with the bond. With Bert, I said, yes. I have to be very, very careful, but I think we're willing to give you a try. There was laughter, a release of tension. I felt it and shared it with her. I used Eve to go to the kitchen for a bottle of wine. It was grown by a local collective whom I assisted with their financial planning. A toast by Bert, his hand raised, red fluid swaying in my glass. To marriage, she laughed. So I laughed, a chorus of delight coming from our four different mouths, four different bodies. I drank, one glass, two, three. I felt myself grow a little drunk, like a limb falling asleep. Bert held his liquor better. He was clear and calm. Eve felt numb, her fingertips tingly. Lorraine felt warmth like a fire glowing in her belly. But Larry felt it most of all. His vision tilted and rolled with every movement. Decision made, I talked. Light, airy, unimportant. She asked what I shared, how much I knew of each other. Everything? There are degrees, I said, using Eve's voice. When you were at the lab, you were joined at level five or six, and only for a few minutes. I stay at level seven or eight, with long-term sensory memory and limbic cognitive ability. But it's more the duration than the depth. We've grown together. We've become more and more what I, we are, and not just the parts that are integrated. I not only know, Bert's hand again on her firm, hard thigh, what Bert knows, but also what Bert feels, his emotions, even the emotions behind his emotions. I leaned forward and grazed Bert's lips across her cheek feeling her gently shiver, his hand move up her thigh and squeezed again. I felt the muscles there quake suddenly, a deep tremor I remembered from those late afternoons in motel rooms. Bert and Sarah hadn't been deep lovers, 
but they'd done more than just share bodily pleasure. In a kind of limbo, they'd enjoyed each other's bodies, refreshing themselves in the touch of another person. But in our house, linked and fused through our network of interface modules and microwave repeaters working in an elegant electronic ballet with each of our cortical implants, it was more than just Bert involved with Sarah. Bert may not love Sarah, but I was more than just Bert. Using Lorraine's lithe, long body, I got up to sit next to Sarah, adding her heat to the one being stoked by Bert. In the corner of myself, that was Lorraine's mind, I could see Sarah as reflected by Bert's memories in a kind of multiplex desire that for a moment even eclipsed our passion to meet with a German bond. All of me shared in Bert's desire for Sarah. In an echo, Lorraine's lips also grazed Sarah's. I blinked, shocked by the desire flowing through my veins, pounding in all four of my hearts. I, we, I started to say with Eve, but Sarah was kissing Bert, and I couldn't speak, even though I had three other sets of lips. Lorraine's hands stroked her thigh as she kissed me on Bert's lips. Well, did you enjoy your time in the bell house? Do you think you might want to explore some other chapters? The best place to do that, to explore more of the Nobilis Erotica podcast, is to find the Twitter. That is twitter.com, N-O-B-I-L-I-S, Nobilis. And that'll get you in touch with Nobilis himself and everything that he's doing. Once again, this is the Nobilis Erotica podcast, and there will be a link below. A lot of fun there, and I hope that it continues here. The next piece is soppy as all get out, but that's not the pun because I didn't really want to make it one. No, this is very much an emotional piece. Don't let the water get in the way. It's soppy in every sense of the word. It's a DDLG piece, but it's got to be the most emotional one that I've written since first date. Even if it's not your thing, I think it might just be. So, here it is, our main piece today. Sweet girl. <gasps> Daddy what? Daddy what? Did you really expect me not to touch you? Really? In the bath? When you're wiggling that ass against me? Come on now, baby girl. Baby girl, are you being precocious? Are you being so silly? Well, I think I have something that can calm you down. Uh-huh. A nice soothing touch. You love it, don't you? Being stroked, having daddy's big strong hands playing all over your shoulders, rubbing up and down, his thumbs poking into your flesh. Ooh, doesn't that feel amazing? Mm. Oh, I love the way that you moan and relax as I push into your skin, your flesh. 
Oh, you're such a good girl the way that you let daddy manhandle you. Mm. And then down, down your back. My big, strong hands digging into you. Pressing in. Mm. Doesn't that feel good? My big, strong, wet, warm hands just relieving that pressure, going right into the muscle, pressing it against the bone. Mmm. <laughs> uh-uh. You should lay back. You should tilt your head back and lay it against my chest. So hard, isn't it? I love when I see you touch my body, when I watch your nipples get erect, when I see your pussy quiver and know that it's getting wet, all because you're touching me, feeling me. It's so arousing. My hands moving up and down your ribs, being careful. Oh, daddy's a little too strong when he pokes in between your ribs, isn't he, baby girl? Mm. We have to be gentle, don't we? Sliding down to your waist. Mm. You always squeak there. I'm so silly of you. And I want to tickle you, but I don't want water everywhere. I don't want to have to mop up after. No. I think it's much better if I just grab you by your waist and let you know what's about to happen. Move you back and forth against my cock. You like that, don't you? You like knowing that daddy's getting hard for you, is going to be as hard as he can be for you, that he wants to take that cock and drag it against your thighs, against your taint, against every little part that it can fill. Daddy loves pushing that cock into you. And you're so wet and willing and open. Mm. It would be a lot of fun. <laughs> but I'm not, am I? No, that would be too easy for you, you sweet, sweet girl. Oh, is that a little squeak of disappointment? Don't worry. You know this is going to calm me down. When I move my hands over your stomach, when I move them up to cup your breasts, when I roll them around lightly in my hands, gently squeeze the nipples. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to feel you, make you feel you, make you feel how sexy daddy finds your body. This is why I'm getting hard. I'm close to a sweet baby girl. One I can't get enough of, I know, because I've tried and tried and tried, but I never get my fill. If I keep squeezing your breast, we both know what's going to happen next, so instead, 
I move to your neck. I stroke it gently, easily. I play with it lightly, fully. I enjoy it entirely. Do you feel like a toy? Do you feel like a thing? Do you feel like a hole that's opening up when I touch your neck? When I bring my big meaty paw over your face, it's a good thing it's clean. And stroke over your eyes, over your nose, over your mouth, back to your throat, wrapping my hand around it. Do you like that? Nod your head. Do you want me to nod your head for you? You're such a sweet girl. Look at you nodding your head for me over and over again. And then both hands back to your breasts, light and easy. You know that I can't get enough of them. Oh, baby girl, I want them. Oh, baby girl, I want you. Can't you feel it? Mm. I mean that literally. Can't you feel my big daddy dick? Right at your slit. Mm. If I push you forward a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Tip of my cock feels so good in this warm water. And I love the way your pussy feels when it's all filled up. Mm. Is this what you wanted when you suggested a bath together after a long day? Uh huh. Hmm. Is this what you meant, baby girl, when you said you needed a nice, special massage? Mm. But, but baby, that pussy feels so good. It does, and that's without all that extra sensation and without all the foreplay. So I'm going to come inside you so quick. And the way that you're arching your ass and hips, it's like you're beckoning me in over and over again. You know I'm going to come so quick right inside. You know how good it feels. See, that's just the tip of my cock, just barely pushing past the wall of your lips. And it feels amazing. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to come so quick. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to come so easy. You're, you're really going to make me do that? You're, you're really going to make me come for you like that? Wow. I don't know. I thought I was the daddy, but here you are, bucking those hips back, back, back. Ooh, do you really need it? Do you really need it? Do you really need that daddy dick? Do you need it? Do you really need that daddy dick? Uh, mm, 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 
feels so good when I take my hands and I drive your hips down. Ooh, do you love the way that it feels? Just the tip of that cock inside and then right out again. No, you don't. Ah, <laughs> uh-uh. I get to determine when the little girl pussy bounces up and down. When the baby girl pussy takes it in or not. My hands on your hips, the palms on your ass cheeks, and I can push down, push down, push down. Oh, you want it? You want it? I barely touched your body. I barely touched your body. You that hungry for cock, huh? Are you that hungry for cock? You that hungry to come? Are you? It's right there. It's right there. Why aren't you taking it? Oh, baby girl, why aren't you taking it? It's an inch inside you already. Oh, and you're gasping and shaking for just that inch. Oh, you poor thing. You poor, poor, poor thing. You really, really, really want it, don't you? Don't you? Yes, you do. It's right there. Yes, you do. It's right there. It's right fucking there. It's right fucking there. Oh, take it inside. his baby girl yes he does you love that pussy when she fucking teases him so good with it yes 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 Feels so fucking good. Come on. Oh, jackhammer that pussy down on top of me. Oh, yes. Good girl. Oh, what a good girl. Oh, what a sweet girl I have. Yes, she needs that fucking cock, doesn't she? Doesn't she? Yes, 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 yes. Come on. I'm gonna come for you so fucking quick. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yes, we are. We fucking forward. Come on. Come on. Yes. 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 is what I'm talking about. But it's not all I'm talking about. Mm. Come on, deep breaths, lay back against me. Get these arms around you.
I mean it. You were so good today. Uh-uh, the whole day, not just now. That's why you got such a good digging just now. That's why you got it so quickly and we didn't draw it out. That's why we're both in the tub together and all cuddly and getting pruny. <laughs> That's why. Because all of it felt so good. Because you felt so good. All of you, baby girl. Not just your pussy. Not just your body. Not just the way I touch you or how you feel. All today, I kept thinking when we were out, I'm so lucky. I am. I'm so lucky it's you. You're so beautiful. And you're a lot of fun. And I enjoy talking to you. And I know that it's difficult finding time together. The roles that we have in the bedroom and the life that we have outside of it. That's why I'm so lucky. You constantly have to figure out how to shape yourself and oh, shift yourself to what your daddy wants. And what your daddy wants is to keep fucking you and making it so much fun and being with you when it's not fucking. Having you at all times, no matter what. Mm. Mm-mm. I don't mean having you with my dick. <laughs> I mean having you with my hands like they're around your midsection right now. And because I said the words midsection, you just tightened yours up, but I was enjoying holding it before you did, before you became self-aware. See, there's a laugh, even if it's embarrassed. The reason why I want to impress you is the reason why you want to impress me. We like each other. We're attracted to each other. We approve of each other. We have something special. That last part only grows if we grow it. And today felt like growing it. Beginning to end, it felt like we were really making it a little stronger. It's just, it's part of it for me. I could, 
I could tell any woman who was interested in this lifestyle to, to get in this position or that, and that's that. But I like how you tempted me into the past today. I like how you played it. I like how you talked about it, hinting at it early on, about what you needed, about getting wet and warm together, about turning that into a bath, but also sex. It was fun and flirty, but it was also still communication. I also got a pretty good idea of where you wanted me to drive you. And then I could start driving you towards it. I could start testing it out and feeling it. Wow. That feels great. I haven't had it with everyone. I don't think you have others. So there's a component to us that I enjoy. And it makes me want to reward you after I punish you. <laughs> Another little laugh, huh? Good. Because I want to do both. I do. When you're bratty, when you act up, even when you're not, I just I want to take you. Not being able to have you in public, looking at your ass when it shakes from behind, looking at your body, and go a little nuts. Just because I can go a little crazy doesn't mean I can't find my way back. Uh uh. All I have to do is sneak you into a corner. Some place we're pretty sure there's not a camera. Squeeze your bones a couple of times just like that. Oh, oh, their mind is squeezed, aren't they? Their mind is squeezed, aren't they, baby girl? That's right, that's right, daddy. Goddamn right. <laughs> so I'll go crazy, but then I'll go sane again. You drive me crazy. But then I go sane again, just like this bath. Crazy all the way into it. You shaking your booty. Shaking your hair. Making it clear that this was gonna happen. Making it clear how much fun it was gonna be for you and why. And then trusting me. Trusting me to make it happen. Letting me envelop you. <laughs> Letting me take you and hold you and manipulate you and get you exactly where you need to be. Just to enjoy it. <sighs> you are, you know. A sweet girl. A very good, very sweet girl. And I enjoy 
what I make you feel. I enjoy what we have together so goddamn much. And it's growing. And we're building it. Date that we had out. Who we are together. And who we are alone. No, I know it's very sad. It's not the most fun thing to talk about, but it's a part of it. It is. Well, I think you're doing so well. I think you're doing so great, baby girl. Because I know it's hard for you. It's hard for you to be on your own. It's hard for you not to have someone. I know. When, when you're alone, you get anxious. Sometimes you forget. But you always have yourself. You've always had yourself. You'll always have yourself. And that self is strong, baby girl. Hmm. Stronger than you give yourself credit for, I can promise you that. Strong, strong, stronger than you think. Oh, baby girl. What am I to do? What am I to do? I want to feed it. And you. Tell you that I see it. Tell you that I see you working through it. Tell you that I think that you're amazing. This is why I make the time. This is why it's you. This is why fucking you is so much fun. You make my cock harder. You understand? You make it more sensitive. You make it pay attention. You make it obey. You make it interested. And you do all these things naturally. You do them because of who you are, baby girl. And it just makes me want you all the more. Do you hear me? The way I smell you, the way I taste you, the way I touch you, the way I feel you, the way you feel makes me want you more. You're doing it. You are. Not me. It's a fun game, I know, but at the end of the day, I only let my baby girl tempt me. You're only tempted by daddy when we play our little tug of war, when we have our little battle of wills. It's only fun because I know no matter what the outcome is, I'm going to approve of the person that I'm having it with. I know this is hard for you. This is why you're turned away in a bathtub. This is why I've already gotten late tonight, in case it's too much. Well, a third laugh you didn't expect to let out. Lucky man. It's who you are that makes me want to fuck you, baby girl. It's how good of a girl I think you are. It's how sweet and supportive and giving. 
It's how good you can feel. You don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. All day, all day, right up until we slipped inside this bath, and I slipped inside you. All damn day, I wanted you more and more. I thought more about how your body would feel against mine, which part and how, and how I wanted to lay with you. How I wanted to hold you, how I wanted you against me, all day long, every dance, every laugh, every move and shake of you. Every time I saw your hair move, or your eyes glow, or your laugh cut through the air, I wanted you more. I wanted you more. Do you understand? Good. That's very good. You're a very good girl. <laughs> of course you could turn and kiss me. That's not the reason I said any of those nice things. Is, is that why you're stroking him? Because I said nice things? No? Mm. Why are you stroking him then, good girl, baby girl, sweet little girl? Hmm? What's that? I didn't hear you. Maybe you can whisper it if you're shy. Huh? What was that? Oh. Well, I suppose it is starting to get hard again. It can get a lot harder, though, can it, baby girl? Well, how do you know? Oh, you can prove it, can you? I think I'd like to see that very, very much out of the bath. And hopefully that was a lot of fun for you as well. Two really interesting pieces today. I have to admit, I like Tetris blocks, I like to line them up so that there's a, there's a theme there's an effect, but sometimes that doesn't always happen, and sometimes you just get two really good stories. What are you going to do? And speaking of some things that you're going to get that are really good, how about some voices that you've not heard before or haven't heard in a while? It's question time! Up first we have, I believe that I'm going to pronounce this, Lelia? Hi, Jack. It's Lila. Lila. First time submitting questions to you. Thank you so much, darling. I just recently started listening to your podcast, and as most of your listeners, I find the timbre of your voice enthralling. Oh my. Um, it's been an interesting experience so far, 
and I'm really looking forward to hearing more. Um, I just have three questions for you today. Let's do it. First one, uh, when I was growing up, Saturday mornings were epic, uh, filled with sugary breakfast cereals Mm. and hours of Saturday morning cartoons. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering what a typical Saturday was for a little boy, Jack. Um, Did you have a favorite cereal or cartoon, perhaps? Uh, second. Okay, so if that is the cutoff for question one, favorite cereal growing up, definitely Apple Jacks, unquestionably. Apple Jacks, 2% milk, that was, uh, that was go time. I didn't get them very often. Loved Apple Jacks. Uh, favorite cartoon, I believe I've talked about this before. I actually enjoyed a cartoon, short-lived as it was because I was a hipster even back then, so much that after it aired, I didn't even want to see anything else. Once I got my fill of it, I would get on my bike and and ride uh, instead of sitting and watching more cartoons. And that was the Pirates of Dark Water. Super into it. Uh, doesn't hold up really great, but it was so much fun. It's about pirates in a fantasy kind of Middle-earthy realm, uh, except it's all water. And uh, Tim Curry plays an evil pirate captain. Uh, who's trying to encourage the apocalypse, which is brought about by black water that kills every living thing that it touches. You know, typical 80s, 90s children's cartoon stuff. Okay, second question. Did you ever cut class or school to do something fun? And what did you get up to? Um, And last? Well, I cut school a lot, but never to do anything fun. I cut school and then just did more school. I would cut school and then just, like, hang out at the library or hang out with somebody else on campus. Getting off campus was actually fairly difficult. Uh, but I cut classes and no one ever cared. And, and I learned a great lesson in high school. And that is, show up and turn in enough work and people won't even bother with you. Uh, do you have an auditory pet peeve? Ah. Uh, sound you just can't stand to hear, like, nails on a chalkboard mm. or people chewing or mm. pen clicking and the like? Um, so yeah, thanks for everything, um, and take care of yourself. Well, my goodness, thank you so much, Layla. You've got me on my knees, and I know you've heard it before. So, uh, (laughs) I made that joke, and then I forgot her question, but I don't want to go back, and I want to listen to it. Okay, so, all right, she asked me, did I cut class? She asked me what I did in high school. Oh, do I have any noises that I don't like? The answer is yes, but you're not going to like my answer. It's an honest one. I can't stand the sound of my own voice. One of the reasons why there was such a pickup in 2018, starting in 2018, with my level of productivity and the amount of audio per week, per month, per year that I started releasing is because Ali helps now. And Ali does my editing for me, and I don't have to sit there and wince and, like, ramp myself up to edit my voice. Because no matter how it sounds, especially after you compliment me, it's so lovely. No matter how it sounds to you, all I hear is, well, I could have done that, but I could I just hate it. I just hate it. Layla, thank you so much again. We have another question, this time from AD. Bye. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Jack. Hello. Um, I was wondering, since you could not have predicted ah. uh, what you're doing right now no. um, with your life, Mm-mm. what did you want to be when you were growing up uh, as a kid, as a teenager, in college? What were you wanting to do or thinking about doing? 
um, that's it. Hope you have a great day. The therapist that I had before this one who really helped me get on a, a great track, who helped me become the Grey Knight, who encouraged me to do that uh, uh, and, and, and live life and, and, and try and, and, and swing at the ball as I, as I saw it. One of the few times that I made that guy like actually stop therapy and laugh was him asking me right before I was going to become the Grey Knight, right? Because, I mean, it was in the process of discussing that. Like, can I really do that for money? Is that really okay? Am I really going to be all right if I do that? These are the questions I was asking my therapist, not my accountant. And <laughs> when he asked me, he he happened to think I was about the smartest guy in the world, some sessions, other sessions he seemed to think I was pretty dumb. But some sessions he would say that he thought that I was very, very intelligent. And he thought that my intelligence was getting in my way with others and that the, myself and all kinds of stuff. And so when discussing should I record myself masturbating on the internet for women for money, he asked me, like, when you really, like, when you were a kid, when you were egotistical, when you were at the height of who you thought you could be when you were in that mythology. What did you think? And I just very casually said something along the lines of, I knew I was going to be a senator. And he just couldn't stop laughing. And I don't think he was laughing because I couldn't have become a senator because I'm pretty sure his opinion of existing senators at the time that I was seeing him was not all that high. In fact, I'm positive of it. So I, I don't think he was laughing like, you fool. No, you couldn't have been. Um, but instead was, was laughing at the fact of like, yeah, I can see why somebody who thinks that about themselves <laughs> is having a little trouble with this. Eighty, thank you so much, darling. And on to our final question asker. It's Aurora. Hello, Jack. Hello. And a loving hello to all the lovely ladies out there. <laughs> and a heads up. Lovely Women's Day. You're all... Beautiful in your Happy form. International Women's Day. And I forgot. You're so you're the most powerful creature there is. It's full of you and you alone. So happy Women's Day, everyone. Okay, to my question, which is a true Finnish question. <laughs> Would you rather uh -oh. dip yourself in icy cold water? Ooh. For a minute. Mm. Or would you sit 10 minutes in an extremely hot sauna when someone is bashing your back with a birch whip? What? <laughs> or both. What? <laughs> Thanks. And all good to you, everyone. <laughs> well, thank you, Aurora. So... Birch, a birch whip. I don't know how that would feel. That ten minutes of getting hit by any kind of whip sounds bad. Uh, now you could say to yourself, Jack, surely you know hitting somebody with a whip for ten minutes. What that? No, I've never, I've never devoted some ass for ten straight minutes. That's a long time. You, you, uh, you, you really only need to apply the occasional uh, lash. I find. Uh, you don't really need to go... It's the it's the fear of the whip, much more than the application, 
just letting you know in case you're wondering, would he whip me for 10 minutes? Um, that's a horrible one. Here's the thing. I want to choose the ice, but you can die if you do that. People die trying to join the polar bear club. That's what we call it in the States with the people who jump into the frozen water together. We call it the polar bear club, but we used to back when there was ice. Um, because you can die, because people die from doing that, because of the shock. You're in really cold water, your body's not made for it, and then it's awful. If there was no, if there was no, if you could assure me that I'm not going to die, I take the ice. I take the ice, Robert Frost. Make me choose between the sauna and the whipping, and the, here's the thing. There's nobody under the ice, like, flicking me in the balls or something, and that's just a perk. There's just the fear of death, and, eh, fuck it, I'm not afraid of dying anymore. Have you seen 2020 so far? This thing's a mess. I'm not afraid of death. I choose the ice. Boy, that's a great way to that's a great way to end a podcast, isn't it? A Robert Frost reference <laughs> and saying I no longer fear death. <laughs> that's what you get. That's the gray night guarantee. Ah. Uh... Guys, thank you so much for the questions. Please send them in, especially new girls, especially recurring girls who are like, I don't know. Does anybody want to hear me? Yes. We love it. I love it. I enjoy answering questions. Hopefully you don't mind it when I get a little bit flustered or confused. I, uh, I think that's the episode. This was 308 Once Again Nobilis Podcast. Guys, check it out. There's so much erotica out there. So many authors. You definitely want to do that. Leave a review. Thank you so much if you enjoyed it. I mean, if you listened this far, you definitely enjoyed it. So leave a review. There's the extra stuff on Patreon. You can DM me at any time. There's the server, the Discord server. You can come and hang out with me and the most ardent ladies of the night. You can find out more about that on the Twitter at RealGreyNight. Twitter.com. You can at me, baby. I don't mind. You can ping me. You can ping me anytime. Oh, goodness. What a show. What a year. I hope that everybody is having an okay one. You're getting through it all in one piece. I'm proud of you for slumping through 2020 so far, no matter how you're going about it. And you have a great rest of your week. Been a wonderful weekend when you get there. Bye.